I want to bring you a message on entitled, Right on the Money. You see, stewardship is not just about money. Sunday morning, Brother Andrew preached on stewarding the gospel. We are responsible for what we do with the gospel. Amen. And I'm telling you, Sunday morning, he was right on the money. Because that Edom, that phrase means accurately correct. You got that? Sunday night, he preached on the home. Ginger didn't listen. She's busy babysitting with the baby. But I'll tell you, the message was right on the money. Amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. And uh, talk to you about two other Wednesday night. And that's kind of a little quirky title I, I thought I'd put together. Because, now Andrew didn't mention money on Sunday, hard at all, or Sunday night, or last Sunday he didn't mention money. And I hate to mention money. It bothers me immensely to talk about money. But if we're ever going to get right with God, now listen to me, if you're ever going to get right with God and stay right with God and our walk with God be what God wants it to be, you got to get right on the money. The Lord dealt with money, finances, property in the New Testament more than any other subject. He must have known how important it is that we be accurate and correct on the money. Well, I can see right now it's going to get chilly in a minute. (laughs) Now, Jesus has arrived in Jerusalem and according to chapter number 11 of Mark and verse 27 and they come again to Jerusalem and as he Jesus was walking in the temple now he does not leave the temple until chapter 12 is concluded it might behoove you to read uh, the issues that transpired in chapter number 12 The Pharisees and the Herodians tried to trick Jesus. That didn't work. The Sadducees, the lawyers of the day, they came next, tried to trick him. That didn't work, so the scribe tried to rat hole him. That didn't work. And I guess Jesus is tired of walking through the temple, and and I, I heard somebody say, and I need to get this, M B W A management by walking around. You got that? Jesus is walking through the temple, managing, watching, looking. By walking around. 
Now we get over to the latter part of the chapter in verse 41, and he takes a seat. And the Bible says, and Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Now notice he did not say how much or how often. He saw how they gave. I suppose they had pans or so or maybe a little earthen jar. I have no idea what they put the treasure in. Coins in that day were a different size. They did not have paper money such as you and I have. And I can imagine our Lord sitting there watching how people gave. Not what they gave, how they gave. And I can imagine maybe those big old metal pans or whatever then, if you dropped a little coin in Pretty close to the pan, it just, bing, didn't make much noise at all. But now if you had a handful of big coins and you held them up real high and turned them loose, he is watching how they gave. He was not looking at the offering. He was looking at the heart. You got that? If you already swelled up, <laughs> you already knows your heart. You might as well smile and get, act like you like it anyhow, right? <laughs> so our Lord is sitting in the temple watching. And the Bible said, and many that were rich cast in much. And there was a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a farland. You say, now preacher, how much is that? I have no earthly idea. And if you tell me you know, I will tell you, you have no earthly idea. But I know one thing, it was less than much. Read it if you don't believe that. And he called his disciples and said unto them, Verily, I say unto you that this poor widow hath, which hath cast into the treasure for all they did cast in of their abundance. But she, of her living, she of her want, did cast in all that she had, even all of her living. I thought it would be good, and I want you to just go ahead and I'll give you the blanks on the deal tonight because I never finish with, 
with this. And you ought to thank God for that because I watch that watch and I do try to be con, uh, considerate of your time. I do that. And sometimes I might preach the introduction, just quit. But they told me when I was in Bible college that a wise preacher would know when to quit. Didn't say I was wise. I just said they said that in seminary. <laughs> they taught us to stand up, speak up, and shut up. And so I want to give you the outline. Number one, God knows why we give. Number two, God knows what we give. You know why? He's watching. You may con me, you may con Brother Andrew, you may con several people, but you'll not con God. And God knows if he can trust me or not. And God is not going to give me more than he can trust me with. Amen. That does not mean I'm free from error. It does not mean that I'm super spiritual. And let me help you a little bit. I've heard over these many years, people come to me with this thought. Preacher, I've just had a catastrophe in my life. I've either lost my job or my car broke down. My dog's sick. And my cat won't meow. And I don't understand it because I've been tithing all year. Tithing is not insurance. Given to God... And expecting God to shield us from the common woes of life is not the Bible at all. I give to God not so he'll bless me. I give to God because he already has blessed me. I love him because he loved me first. So I, I do not give to make sure that we got bread on the table. I work to do that. Yeah, work. Yeah, work. Didn't I say last week that God expects us to make our money? Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. I'm like, that's just, that's just Bible. I'm sorry, that's just, but now let me help you a bit. God will bless you if you give. But God won't bless you if you give and live like a rat the rest of the week, every other time. So I'd kind of like to help you tonight. And, and I came up with this, Edom, and, and, it, and it just, I've heard my daddy say it. That's right on the money. And I want to tell you something. The Bible, over these 50-some years that I've been saved, the Bible had been right on the money. Totally 100% accurate 
without any error at all. Amen. Now, Ginger and I have not always been rich. In fact, we ain't even made that yet. But in heaven, we're going to be rich. Amen. So I want to help you a little bit tonight. And, I, and, and let me say this. The church don't need your money. All the church needs is God's money. You got that? God's money. Because 10% of everything you made is not yours anyhow. It is holy unto the Lord. So please now watch this if you would please. I want to show you. God has much to say about money. And tonight, it is not how much money I make. It's how I manage the money that I make. You understand that? This widow didn't make much money. This widow probably makes made less money than many in our church who use the excuse they can't afford to give. She was probably poorer than the ones who make excuse today. Amen. I've never been that desperate. I've never been that poor. But now notice, if you would, please, we just want to be right on the money. Christians give for three different reasons. Under God knows why we give. The Bible said in verse 41, watch this. And he beheld how the people cast money into the treasure. Now, if that would have been today, you'd have a bunch of Baptists say, Lord, would you turn your head? When I come by, would you just turn your head? This is none of your business. This, this is just this is between me, just mine. Just turn your head. But he was looking, was he not? Could I say there's probably a lot of Jews didn't even get in line. They just didn't get in line. But there was some in line. And the Bible said that he beheld, watch this now, he beheld how people cast money into the treasure. Now, there's three different kinds, three different reasons, three different kinds of givers. Number one, in verse 41, there are those who give out of their abundance. What's this? Verse 41. The Bible said, and Jesus said over against the treasure and beheld how the people cast money in the treasure and many that were rich cast in much. Now, I've heard folk I've heard folk uh, condemn these folks. 
they so elevate uh, the sacrifice to the widow, they intimidate and they condemn those who gave abundance. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but if you're having trouble tithing off $100, you really have trouble making tithing off 1000 And you really have trouble tithing off 5000 The bigger it gets, the harder it is to put in a plate. Now, the church don't need that money. Wait a minute. If you're giving it to the church, you're giving it to the wrong reason. You don't give it to the church. It's God's. And so the Bible said that there's folks who give out of their abundance. Is there anything wrong with that? If everybody's supposed to give, then everybody's supposed to give according to what God has blessed them with. And the bigger the paycheck, the more abundant the offering. I do not criticize, I do not condemn. But today it'd be difficult to carry on a ministerial program with just two mites from everybody. Hello, is anybody looking? Thank God for those folks that God can trust and will increase their income and they'll be honest with God as the income increases and it's not difficult to say, well, now this part belongs to God. Where in the world would Joshua Baptist Church be if everybody was a two-mite giver? I mean, just go back through history. Thank God for folks who God has blessed. Thank God for folks who's put their shoulder uh, to the harness. And thank God for folks who sacrifice their time and their effort and they, they become successful and God has blessed them and they'll be faithful with God with their money. There are those who gave her the abundance. And here's what I'd like to share with you. Jesus did not condemn them in fact, he commended them. These love the Lord and are greatly used of God. I just, man, I remember when we was trying to save the money for this property. We're trying to save the money to build this building. And it wasn't coming in like I thought it should. And was trying to save a half million dollars before we issue another bond issue. And it just was not coming in like it should. And I got discouraged. And I told my wife in the, in, in the little building, the little church building, honey, I'm not, I'm not going to step out and get our church in debt to that extent with the kind of participation that we're having in this offering. And that's the only person I told, just her. And I, I done backed out. We wasn't going to build this building. We wasn't going to do it. I, I said, I'm not going to get our church overloaded in debt. 
uh, all because, just because I want to build something, I'm not going to do it. We're done. We're not going to do it. It wasn't, might have been that night. I have no idea. I was sitting on front row and, no, my wife was sitting somewhere and I was somewhere. Well, wherever I was, after the offering was taken, one of the ushers come to me right before I was going to preach. He said, Preacher, there was a $80,000 check in the offering tonight. I said, You kidding? Don't kid me about that. I'll shoot you right here in front of God and everybody. <laughs> I don't know if Jim remembers this or not. And I went and asked my wife. I said, Go in there and look in the offering. See if there's an $80,000 check. She said, honey, the church is about to start. I said, go check in the offering. I don't care if it ever starts. <laughs> and she went in there. And a young man in our church, who's no longer here, had written a check for $80,000. And after the service, another young man in the church said, Preacher, could I see you in the office after service? I said, sure. He brought two brown paper bags like I used to carry my lunch to school and poured out $50,000 worth of $100 bills on my desk. I felt so backslid. I had such little faith in a great big God. And God said, Preacher, you need a little reminder that I'm still on the throne. Is anybody listening? God don't need... He, he don't need us near as bad as we need Him. Amen. And it wasn't long. Not long at all. We had half a million dollars in the bank. Saved up. We started this building and sold a million dollars worth of church bonds in 24 hours. Sold $880,000 worth of them in 15 minutes. To God be the glory. It takes people who have money, who'll give money to do ministry. And Jesus is looking. Amen. I could tell you about the man when I started praying for a bus ministry. Yeah. What a jewel of a man. Yes, he was. Brother Phillips said, I'd like to buy a bus or two. I said, how about six? He said, go get them. And when he passed away, instructed his daughter to give us a little stock in the market. I almost had a nervous breakdown. I was watching the market every day, me and my wife. We don't even know how to spell market, boy. But once we got that stock, why we start watching the market? Do any of you folk know what I'm talking about watching the market? He got up to $97,000. I said, I'm selling it. He's about to give me a heart attack. 
Where would we be? Where would we be? Where would this ministry be? If there wasn't those folks who God has blessed and given the gift of giving. Where would we be? We're not for a fellow who's not even a member of our church. Called me one night on the way back from deer hunting. Said, preacher, if you'll come by the office tomorrow, I'll have a check for you. I went by and picked up a quarter million dollar check. Walter Mize wrote to the Joshua Baptist Church. See, there are those folks. And there's folks here tonight who has done more. But because of respect to them, all these folks are gone I'm talking about. But we couldn't do it without those folks who give out their abundance. Can you say amen? And because you give out of your abundance, your church, ask any missionary, ask any evangelist, your church gives out of its abundance. Amen? Because to whom much is given, you know the rest of it? Much is required. And I'll tell you one thing. These folk who gave out of their abundance was right on the money. Have you ever heard of David? He came build the temple. But God told him he could raise the money for it. Some have said he'd give as much as $200 million of his personal income to build the temple. Could I please read for you how David felt about that? Let me read for you. Now, therefore, O God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is thy people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? Now listen. For all these things come of thee. What do you got? Where did you get it? And then he said, and of thine we have given thee. If I get everything I have from the one who owns it all, then when I give it back to him, I'm actually not giving him anything that belongs to me because it came from him and to him I return it. And the Bible is right on the money. And I want you to know tonight, Jesus knows as sure as you and I are sitting here tonight, Jesus knows what we give. There's those who give out an abundance. Then there are those 
who's mentioned in the Bible, who give out of a pretense and show. A pretense and show. Matthew 6 and verse 1, please let me read it for you. The Bible says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men. To be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. And I did a little, little word study about that thing, that word alms. I've always thought that alms was particularly money. But alms can mean anything that you give, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, attitude. And we need to be very careful why we sing specials. Be careful you do not sing special to be seen of men. Be careful you don't give money to be seen of men. If the only reason you're giving to God is so you can claim it off your income tax, you need to keep it. Because you need it a lot worse than God does. But we have to be careful, amen, that we're given for the right reason and the right motive because we can give everything we got and if we're given it for the wrong reason, it will not do any good for you or God. Reminds me of the attorney. I don't know why I took picking on an attorney, but he had just opened a new practice. He's so proud of his office. He's sitting in his office, just, just moved in. He's sitting in his office, just looking at the walls and the architecture and the furniture, and he was so proud. And he noticed somebody coming in the door. And as the guy approached the door, the attorney picked up the phone and started talking. And the guy walked in, the attorney said, yes, yes. Yes, yes, we're open. Yeah, uh-huh, yes, yes. Well, no, I, I'm sorry. We are really booked up. And probably we couldn't get to that case until sometime next month. And he hung up. He looked up to the gentleman and said, can I help you? The fellow said, no, I'm the phone man. I come to hook up the phone. I want to help you now. Paul suggested to us, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You got that? You know why I give? Because it'll bring him glory. You know why I serve him? For his glory. I'm not smart enough to get any glory myself. You know why I started this church? For his glory. You know when I open a door, I expect it to be clean and neat in this building? For his glory. 
You know why the yards are done? For his glory. When we were in the storefront, I started mowing out in front of, 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 of the country club. And before we ever had anybody riding lawnmowers or using weed eaters, I was mowing the yard and mowing the field and mowing out in front the entry. I wanted it to bring glory to God. And everything we do, whether we eat or drink or give or teach or pray, we ought to do it for the glory of God. So what if I got to eat leftovers tonight? There's folk that ain't got no leftovers. Ginger, she's a great cook. Last night we had spaghetti. I loved it, man. I like spaghetti. And I was going to compliment her on good spaghetti. Glad I didn't. She'd have told me. It should have tasted like that yesterday. Because it was leftovers. <laughs> you know what? I can handle leftovers for the glory of God. I can drive an older vehicle for the glory of God. I can stagger and knock every picture off the wall down the hall for the glory of God. I'll get up early in the morning go sit by somebody who's having surgery. Not say anything, just be there for the family. Not because I like looking stupid sitting there by myself or sitting by picket. Dear God, I don't do it for them. I do it for the glory of God. And he knows he's watching. He knows what we give. He knows why we give. And then there's those folks who give sacrificially. What's that now? What's it? There's folk give out of abundance. There's folk who give for a pretense. And then there's those folks who give sacrificially. I'm glad of that, aren't you? Verse 43, the Bible says, And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more, has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasurer. See, God's economics is not like our economics. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want. You know why folk don't tithe? Because they want it worse than they want to give it to God. You see, I can't afford to. She couldn't afford to. That's why God believes in proportional giving. You got a dollar? 
ten percent up, don't ten cents up, don't belong to you. If I've got ten thousand dollars, ten percent of that don't belong to me. And I can tithe off that big amount, and it don't move the heart of God near as much as it does if you cast in your ten cents out of the dollar that you've got. He was looking to see how. He's looking at a heart. He's looking at a lady that loves him with all of her heart. Who loves him with all of her money. Who loves him with all of her devotion. Because he's watching as we cast our alms into the ministry. He's watching. Is there anybody here now? Don't get mad at me. I'm reserved to talk to you about sacrificial giving in this church. It's unreal. You don't have to look long to see folk who can't afford to give, but they give anyway. Who writes out a tithe check and has three dollars left until next month? Yeah, there's a folk like that around here. There's folk around here like I can go to and say, Would you join me in Ginger and give five thousand dollars in the offering in first February? Ten families said, yes, we will. Ten families. Many of you are still here tonight. That's sacrifice. Sacrifice. That's why folk give. I'm going to close. He's watching. Does anybody believe that? How many folks ever stole any watermelons? We're not having repentance. You don't have to confess now tonight. A daddy and a son was standing in a watermelon patch. I'm done. Daddy looked to the north. He looked to the south. He looked at the east. He looked to the west. He reached down, picked up one of them watermelons. His son said, Daddy, you forgot to look up. Daddy, you forgot to look up. He's watching. And I'll tell you one thing. That widow woman was right on the money when he came to give it. But so were the rich folk because they were in line doing what God wanted to do. And they were right on the money. Now let me tell you something. Don't get mad at me. There's none of us that cannot be right on the money. Just a matter of doing it. Amen? You say it'll be a sacrifice. He can take care of that. He can handle that. Amen? He can handle it. And he knows what we give. 
because he's looking. And he knows what we ought to give. Amen. I don't do this to raise money. Please don't get mad at me. I, I, I just couldn't stand it. You got mad at me. The older I get, the worse I hate to have confrontation with people who get mad at me. So if you get mad at me, don't call me. Keep it to yourself. I don't want to listen to it. Okay? Ginger will answer the phone for the next three days. But you do not want... She is a phone bug. Can she get it done on the phone? I, if I was a salesman, I would not sell her anything. As long as she had my phone number, I would not sell her anything. I've sat in the office in there. Mary, you've sat in the office in there. And I have felt so sorry for folk that got on her bad side, treating her wrong. I tell you, it's terrible. So if you call me tonight about your giving, Ginger will answer the phone. Amen. One reason why God has blessed this church, I believe with all of my heart, one reason God has blessed this church over these years because we've been right on the money. We've never missed a missionary check. We've never missed a bill, an obligation. We never try to Jew down folk when they do a good job. Many times I let folk get too because I think they probably need a blessing. And you can't outgive God. Believe me. And all of God's people said, Amen. I know one thing. My preaching is right on the money. <laughs> you said, No, it's not tonight, preacher. I'd rather you hear you preach on heaven. No, you wouldn't. You love God and you love God's book and you love God's will and God bless your heart.